0: All right, and welcome to the Raw is Nitro podcast, a show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares some of our own winners in pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, and I'm back today to talk some 1996 Raw and Nitro. But before I do, just thought I'd give a quick couple of minute summary of my recent trip to New Japan power struggle in Osaka. I have just got back from family holiday in Japan, and one of the things that I wanted to tick off on my bucket list was going to a New Japan show. For anyone that's ever tried to go to a New Japan show or wants to know what the experience of trying to get tickets was like, I'd suggest just having a look on their website and clicking on the schedule bar. It's actually quite confusing and not easy to get tickets as a foreigner. Someone out there who's an expert will probably correct me, but for me, trying to figure it out going in, it wasn't easy. There were three options and they were basically all... Um, either go to the venue walk up and buy a ticket or go to like convenience stores so either Seven Eleven or there's a convenience store over there called lawson's um seeing as i was trying to organize things before i went to japan these were not options for me um i figured i'd just figure it out when i got there i was planning everything else for the kids i was booking um Universal Studios in Osaka. We wanted to do two days there. So, you know, I saw New Japan was over that side of Japan for some shows and figured I would, um, you know, just try and land on one of those while I was there. We tried to do Universal on the weekdays, hoping the park might be a little bit less busy. Um, that left me the weekend free to attend a show and I picked the November 5th, I think it was, the Saturday, the 4th maybe, um, show to, off the schedule to go to that. Now, the schedule is just listed as event you know, what it's called, attendance, blah, blah, blah. And if you don't know New Japan so well, there wasn't really much difference between what appeared to be televised and non-televised events or this one being what I I think was a pretty, one of their bigger shows, um, slash pay-per-views. So I lucked out that that was the day I had free because I wouldn't have known the difference. Again, amateur Japanese wrestling fan, I'm sure people are going to laugh at me and go, it's obvious what's what, but I didn't know. I, um, I'm, casual at best when it comes to Japanese wrestling, but it's something that I've always wanted to do was was to go to a show. So I lucked out, went to New Japan Power Struggle um, in the Osaka Prefectorial Gym, I think it was called. Um, got myself an Uber there and just went to the show solo. Wanted to get a really good ticket. In the end, sorry, yeah, digress from the ticket story. So what I ended up doing was when I got over there and I was getting worried, getting closer to the show, you know, don't speak Japanese. So walking into 7-Eleven and in English trying to ask for a ticket to New Japan seems, so strange to me um started doing a bit of googling and found a site called i think buy me sumo tickets it was called basically foreigners get this site to purchase tickets on their behalf for the sumo and and that's how it's done so went on this site turns out they could get me a ticket could be it could get a floor ticket not the very like top one but the next one down there's about six or seven categories i guess and i was like okay cool that's fine um and then they email you a barcode, uh, like a link, and you just go into 7 click the link, and they basically, um, they print the ticket off for you. And this way, like, I, having the link that I could click on, you just show them, and there's a barcode on it that they scan, and it prints a ticket. So, you don't really need to converse all that much. They understand what it is, um just sort of with that, I had Google translate and, you know, could have, there's 7-Eleven on every corner. So I could have gone to multiple until I found someone that could help me. But this was actually quite a simple process. Once I'd bought the ticket through this company, could go in, just show them my phone, beep, scan, printed, took about 30 seconds. So that was, that was in the end, something that seemed very stressful, ended up working out okay. The show um, had it like at 5, o'clock start time, but there was a match started that if you didn't read carefully, there was a match starting at 4.30. I'm always like an early freak for everything. The opposite of all three of my family members who are happy to be late to every place they go, which drives me nuts. So I wanted to get there sort of by quarter past four, because it said bells, I think it said bell time five o'clock, but doors open at 3.30. So I'm thinking, oh, I'll go in, have a wander around. Like I actually can't read my tickets. I don't know where I'm sat. So this could take me a minute. I'm um, lucky I did because I got there in time for a 4.30 um, six man tag. Um, it was written, I think in the schedule link that it was, that match was going to start early. Um, I didn't know who any of them were, but really entertaining match. Um, I won't give the match by match cause I'll just show my ignorance and likely annoy people when I don't know who a lot of these people were. Um, but I'll just talk through, I guess, some of the, the highlights for me. Um, So there was some really good stuff to be seen on this show. So firstly, like awesome wrestling and my ticket when I got there, sorry, 10th row and to the left of the stage. And the cool thing about my ticket was where they come out down the ramp. um, I'm on the left of that, but to my left and I was on the the end, like furthest away from the ramp in the row, um, there was a little exit where the wrestlers would go after the match, not all of them, everyone that lost some of the baby faces exited up the ramp, I'm guessing for TV shots, but the majority of the wrestlers exited right by me. So I was able to get some photos from sort of a foot or two away, um, and even better, which I'll get to in just a moment. So yeah, some really good matches. I think I'll start with, I guess, um, I think i think the sixth match of the night was david finley versus tanga Loa. Um, this was a really good match david finley had some really good heat uh, first time i've seen either of these two guys wrestle even though i've heard both names before um, so yeah that was a really good match um, really enjoyed it next up was john moxley versus great O'Khan, which actually ended in a double count out before either men got into the ring angle alert, Mox gets on the mic and says that he wants a false Count Anywhere in Osaka match, and then things got violent. So Mox obviously bladed. If you've watched John Moxley, you know that that's going to happen. But the match never entered the ring. It went all around the arena, quite violent. Tables, chairs, barricades, including moxley reversing an irish whip to great okan that threw him into the seat next to me um, i have a really cool like five second video that i took like we're basically like the the usher ring attendant whatever that you call the guys around there like trying to get people out of the way and i'm like fuck that i'm filming this so i'm straight in my lap i don't care um uh, but that was really cool um really enjoyable as well we then saw a six-man tag um which was a Carter. Tamaharo Ishii and Tan- Tanahashi taking on TMDK and Zack Sabre Jr. So Mikey Nichols, Shane Hasten, and, and Zack Sabre, three guys that I was familiar with. And the, the Japanese names, obviously, names, you know, they're bigger names in Japan, um, but haven't attended or seen before. So this was a really good match. I love Zack Sabre Jr. Probably my favorite independent wrestler. Um, I'm not sure if you call New Japan independent. F- favorite non WWE slash AEW wrestler, I guess would be a better way to put it. But really enjoyed that. The world all night it was fantastic um saw the finals of the super junior tag um cup and it was catch 22 so francesco akiri and tjp who'd be familiar to american wrestling fans taking on house of torture so show and yoshinubi kanemaru probably butchering it um but catch 22 won um tjp was actually really good in this match um And then they got a beat down from the tag champions after the match. um, Just set up a match at Wrestle Kingdom. Another thing that happened on the night was Brian Danielson appeared um, on the Tron to challenge Okada for a title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. That was quite cool as well. Um, Good little surprise um, for those of us in attendance. There was a junior heavyweight championship match between Takahashi and Ishimori, um, really good match. Again, not really super familiar with, with these two guys, um, but really enjoyed it. And then the, the main event, Will Spray taking on Shota Yumino, um, for the IWGP, um, United States United Kingdom Heavyweight Championship. Really good match. I think Meltzer rated this 5.75 stars. Um, I don't like anything going over five stars personally, but this was a 40-minute all-out war, multiple finishes. Um, Moxley came down to support Shota halfway through the match, but not to be Ospreay, just on another planet and really rocked it. Um, overall, this was just a great experience. Um, the Japanese fans, you know, I think most of you by now have heard that they're quite respectful lots of clapping but they were a bit more like cheering and into the things than um that's been represented to me not loud and you know but there was definitely people chanting there was a few um you know i, I guess like american slash english fans over there watching osprey and some of the american guys as well um and you could hear them chanting in english so not you know that's how I know they were foreigners because the, the accents. Um, so that, that was cool to hear. And like you'd hear some like Osprey and Zack Sabre Jr. chants and things like that going. But overall, just awesome. Like the, the venue was packed out, bar a couple of single tickets, which is, I guess, how I got mine. I'd say there was less than 50 seats empty through the night. So really good to be at a big show, um, set up a lot of the stories and matches for Wrestle Kingdom, and just an overall awesome experience. I also. On our last day in Japan, before flying out in the evening, we parked our luggage and I went to visit the Tokyo Dome. Um, They do tours of it, but it's only during certain months of the year. I... Obviously, the dream would have been to attend a show at the Tokyo Dome and, and tick both off in the one go, but that was not to be. I did get to go and buy a Tokyo Giants jersey and have a walk around, and there was a bit of a fun fair on. So my wife and eldest daughter went on this massive roller coaster, um, and I went on some of the other rides um, with my youngest daughter and then a few as the family. But it was nice just to stand outside the Tokyo Dome, go and see it, and be there. So a couple of really sort of wrestling-related bucket list items ticked off my list on my trip to Japan. I won't bore you with the details of the rest of the trip, but just thought those two tidbits and, you know, a quick recap of, of the New Japan show that I went to would be interesting. And now we will head over and watch Monday Night Raw, October 28th, 1996.
1: A WWF Superstars the mere mention a Bret Hart's name by Brian P- into a blind rage. Imagine, this is what Stone Cold did to his alleged best friend, Brian Pillman. Yeah, that's right. And if this is how Austin treats his friends, imagine what he'll do to Bret Hart at Survivor Series. And there's Bret, yes, the hitman joining us live from his living room in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And also live from the WWF Studios in Stanford, Connecticut, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And when he talks, everybody listens. And ladies and gentlemen, in action, the world wrestling federation champion, Shawn Michaels, taking on his old nemesis, the British Bulldog. All that and more tonight on Monday Night Raw.
0: Good little opening recap there by Vince and Jerry Lawler. And they show us footage of the Pillmanizing, which I'm sure everyone has heard of. Um, and we obviously hear Brett and Austin are going to be joining us live via satellite. Um, Funny little thing, like you heard just as they were going out from that clip there before coming back to the the luscious sounds of my beautiful voice. Um, Same theme three and a half years in, and that's just very un-WWE like. So definitely when they talk about the product getting stale, you can see there that this was a period of time where they just weren't as cutting edge and moving forward. And, you know, some people say these days it's too cutting edge and too often things are changing and they're like a bit of nostalgia, but that Raw theme, I don't, really think too many people pine over, so the fact that it lasted at this point at least three and a half years is, is funny to me. We start off with the hottest of hot openers, the real double J, Jesse James taking on Salvatore Sincere. What is this shit? Um we see pics of the road dog, um, Jesse James in the army. And Salvatore sincere, sincere, sorry, backs him into the corner and kisses his cheeks before poking him in the eye. We get a crossbody from Jesse James for a two. It's a very basic match. We get a missile drop kick from Jesse James, which is one of the um one of the bigger moves of the match. He does the Elvis dance, a corner clothesline, a knee lift, and finishes him off with his pump handle um slam for the one, two, three. Um can see why nitro is running away with it when raw think when this is the way vince thinks raw should open we then go to the studio for the first segment um with austin and brett um so this is actually doc in the studio with austin um before we're ready for the the big main feed and telecast so i'll give you a little listen as to sort of what they were doing here
1: Doc, I know you're getting pumped. You're getting excited about Survivor Series right, live here I, in our studio. I'm real pumped about Survivor Series. First of all, the whole Survivor Series weekend. It kicks off Saturday night, November 16th at the beautiful Marriott Marquis with the Hall of Fame banquet. Eight new members will be inducted into the Hall no, of no, Fame. We already and that- got a
2: problem here, man, because nobody cares about eight old farts getting a trophy oh. handed to them. And don't you dare sit there like a jackass with a pair of blinders on and ignore Stone Cold. You get me on the camera and do your damn job.
1: All right, Doc, go ahead. All right. All right, let's talk about the Survivor Series card as we know it now. Madison Square Garden, no...
0: You hear they're the first of a few interruptions by Stone Cold. Doc then does run down the card, and when he gets to the Brett Austin match, Austin comes back in and belittles him again. So really cool here. Um, Definitely, definitely... um highlighting austin as being like a real rebel against the company and no, not one to take any shit from anyone one of the things that I think I'd miss messed around in my mind was they actually advertised Rocky. My as is making his debut during this survivor series rundown. I always thought he was like a surprise entrant. I think Jimmy snooker ends up being a surprise entrant. I want to say the Widowmaker ends up leaving that team. I could be wrong on that. My memories that's strictly for a memory and I haven't watched the show yet. I don't read anything about the shows before watching them as if you've been a day one listener, you'll know I go in with these as fresh as I can with just whatever's in my mind from having watched any of them previously. Um, don't read any reviews don't want to know what anyone else thinks about it just want to watch the two shows and pick which one was most enjoyable for me um sorry for that mid-section you know mid-segment sort of episode whatever it is 200 (laughs) explanation of the show you've listened to a million times um a little bit yeah (laughs) let's move right along we go to our next match which is crush taking on aldo montoya what is going on (laughs) who is putting these matches on today during the entrances, Mark Mero is on the phone, pissed off with Mr. Perfect for costing him the Intercontinental title. These little phone interruptions always just make the matches seem even less significant than they already feel. Um, in the ring, we get a clothesline from Crush and a tilt a world backbreaker. JR joins the commentary. Um, he's pissed off that he's... Um, he says is here for a preliminary match, so he's not happy that he's not sort of running the show or main eventing. He tells us that Farouk has enlisted Clarence Mason as his new manager, so I guess Sonny is no more. Says there's big changes coming for Farouk. can't wait for that, actually, the Gladiator gimmick. While it produced a memorable action figure that I've got on display, <laughs> it was a shit gimmick. Um, we get an Aldo dropkick and a clothesline. Jr. Asks if the mask on his head is a jockstrap. Um... <laughs> asked Vince if it was his idea we get the heart punch from Crush um and then JR says it wouldn't hurt Vince McMahon because he doesn't have a heart and that's definitely the line of the night for me um so <laughs> really good one there uh that picks up the one two three for Crush obviously Crush then attacks a security guard for protecting a fan who was holding up a jailbird sign. So um, I don't think this like deranged Crush gimmick is going to get all that over, but time will tell. We go to some shilling of the Karate Fighters. It's Mr. Perfect battling Phineas Godwin in round one of the tournament. This was pretty funny. And then we hear next week, we're going to go to the home of Brian Pillman and Austin is pissed off in the studio. So this should be very interesting. Um, I'm sure hearing we're going to the home of Brian Pillman gave a lot of you, um, some memories. And those of you that don't know what's going on, wait for this. Um, it's going, it's going to be big time. Um, we get a We get DTA from Austin here as well. I can't really do Austin justice. He's really finding his feet here. So sorry to keep on cutting to Stone Cold, but I'm just going to give you another moment of him right here.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Yes, next week via satellite, just as we have Bret Hart live from Calgary next week, ladies and gentlemen, joining us the uh, injured Brian Pillman live from his home in Cincinnati, Ohio. Whoa, 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 whoa. Joining us now. Live
2: from his home. What do you mean you're going to go live from his home? You go to Brett's house. You go to Brian's house. Well, why didn't you go to Victoria, Texas and come to my house?
1: Well, Mr. Austin, you are alive. No, shut you're- up.
2: If anybody's going to Brian's house next week, well, you can damn well bet that Stone Cold Steve Austin's going to be there because minute. if you're going to have a little party with some crippled freak, you can bet I'll be there, and that's the bottom don't line. You, don't you think you've done enough to Brian Pillman? What do you mean done enough? What do you mean done right, enough? Let's, let's, let's take you back.
1: All right, let's show you the footage that happened. WWF Superstars just yesterday. Here we go. Now let's listen up. You called him a crypto freak. The whole
2: damn world's gonna find out. I will do exactly what I say. I am gonna whip his ass. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Where it's my interview. It? Yeah, listen. Austin versus the best there was. This the is best the mistake. There is. I can't believe that. Look at this. And the light bulb went off in my head, and Brian Pillman took my interview time and tried to turn it into the hitman's interview time, and that just ain't going to work for Stone Cold.
1: This man is crippled. Look (laughs) look what you did. You took his very cane and you struck that ankle, and
2: then look what you did when you brought a chair into the ring. That's right. If I'd had a little more time with that cane, who knows what I would have done with it. And then, as they were taking Brian
1: Pillman out in the emergency vehicle, you stopped the progress of the emergency vehicle with that car. You wouldn't let him go. You wouldn't let him take him to the hospital. Well, that's that's because
2: if they're going to take him anywhere, they should have carry his ass away. to the cemetery, because if he comes back, that's where he's going to go.
3: Are you telling us you're going to go to his house? You're going to go to Pillman's house? You live
2: at Pillman's house? Hey, when you get jerked around as long as I have, and when the WWF starts jerking you around, you got to do what you got to do. Is that and right? Brian Pillman's going to get a house call. What kind of a man are you? What kind of a man would do that to his best friend? What kind of a creep are you? See, here's the thing. Here's the thing Brian Pillman forgot. D.T.A., brother. Don't trust anybody. Right. You thought I was your friend. You were the biggest puppet in the world, and I had the strings, and there you were. He was a crippled man. That's right. He's still a crippled man, and he's got that stupid, raspy voice with 33 Third Operation. Who really (laughs) gives a rat's ass about all that? It's Stone Cold's time. Shut up
0: i enjoyed splicing that one in. i could actually listen to austin go for so long um second time watching that after obviously watching it to review but really really enjoyable um so so good we have a commercial we come back and it's brett and austin um there's audio issues with brett so it's not as captivating as what it could have been we go back to the arena, and Sonny joins the commentary team for Billy Gunn versus Freddie Joe Floyd. Freddie Joe Floyd with a drop kick and an arm drag. Um, Billy Gunn clotheslines him out of the ring, but comes out and argues, and the refs have scored him out. Freddie Joe with a back elbow, and then a nice leg lariat for a two. Before Billy Gunn hits a stun gun and a top rope leg drop for the one, two, three. Bret Hart and Austin back on. um, It's a good segment here, some good back and forth. Um, They cut Bret off at the end. Um, They really did him dirty because they allow Austin to keep talking. Um, He throws a cameraman into a ladder and smashes up a TV in the studio. So really running wild here. We then go to our main event. Um, Clarence, Clarence Mason and Owen Hart come out supporting the British Bulldog, who's going to take on Shawn Michaels for the WWF title. Owen Hart joins the commentary team. We get a shoulder block from the Bulldog and a flipping celebration, which is quite funny. Shawn Michaels with an eye poke and a Hurricane Rana, then close lines the Bulldog out and ends a gory from Sean before Bulldog comes back with an arm drag and press slams up Sean into a stun gun on the ropes. Vince McMahon tells us that the cops were called at Titan on Stone Cold as we go to commercial. Bulldog with his lovely delayed vertical suplex for a a two count, a Samoan drop for a two count, and a big clothesline as we go to another commercial. Sean with a backdrop, a 10 punch, a slam, the big elbow off the top, and then goes for the super kick, but Owen Hart um, gets in the ring. Sid comes out and cleans house, but he and Sean bump into each other and have a bit of a shoving contest. Owen Hart then challenges them for a tag team title match next week. Why Owen would see these two going at it and think, I know what we'll do. We'll put our titles on the line. I don't understand, but that's what he did. And then we end the show with the cops waiting on Austin to leave the building at Titan. Um, and he's arrested as we are going off the air. So I was really critical of the start of the show, but the end of the show was awesome. And some really good stuff mixed in there. It feels like they're mid-transition into what they want to become. Some real stinkers in there with like Crush versus Aldo Montoya and Jesse James versus Salvatore Sincere. But then you've got like the Austin Brett Hart stuff, the Brian Pillman stuff, and some really good, you know, guys in the main event, Bret. Uh, not Brett, sorry, Bulldog, Owen, Sean, Sid, so a bit of a mixed bag, but overall this is one of the more enjoyable roars through 1996, so definitely a step in the right direction, and we'll see if it's enough to compete with what WCW has going on with the NWO. I'm going to keep today's halftime segment relatively short on account of the big recap of New Japan at the start of the show, so if you're only interested in hearing sort of the base of the episode, I won't bore you too long, What I thought to do today, today, um, as of recording, was day one of Ringside Fest. And I thought I'd just give a quick review of some of the things I'll be picking up that were shown at this event. So, um, shown the finished version and the pre-order went up for the DX retro set. So, the two two two-packs, one of the New Age Outlaws, one of Triple H and China. Definitely be adding that. I have all of the retros so far. So, looking forward to complete, you know, continuing to complete that collection. Um, We also saw Ultimate Edition, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash as the outsiders. This kind of Um, I'm happy to see them, but it also annoys me a little bit because I have the original elite versions of these figures But with the ultimates being so much better in this instance I will upgrade I don't upgrade all of my figures to ultimate like case in point when they re release the purple razor Ramon there just wasn't enough new stuff there Whereas these ultimate outsiders they look better. They have multiple heads multiple hands two t-shirts entrance gear and the WCW tag titles Which haven't been released many times. So I'll be grabbing them from the show They showed the Eric Bischoff Ultimate with the Nitro ring. Bittersweet since the Nitro entrance didn't get released, but I will get that anyway. I have a Nitro entrance that I purchased off a a stage creator here in Brisbane. Um, If you check out Rory's Nitro on Instagram, you'll see photos of that coming up very soon. I set it up yesterday to take some pics with. Um, What else was shown today? Oh yeah, so the other thing that was of interest to me was the SummerSlam wave coming up. So it was Kane, Undertaker, Lex Luger, and X-Pac with a builder figure referee John Cone. So definitely need a referee for my figure photography. I plan on trying to get a hold of two of these referees, perhaps one to pop like an Earl Hebner, old Jack's head onto. So I've got an Earl Hebner for my Attitude era, as well as having like John Cone. I think makes for a really good sort of like you know, base referee for a lot of pictures as well. You need more than one ref. Um, but yeah, looking forward to getting that set. The cane, I think is from sort of 2000 and somewhere between 2003 and 2006. Um, the barbed wire are masked Pants only sort of attire. Um, cool Kane. Don't really need it, but like it's, you know, sort of in my wheelhouse. So I'll grab it. The Undertaker is from his match with Brock because it's got the laughing head where he sat up. Definitely don't need that, so I will get it for the parts and move it on. But the Lex Luger from SummerSlam 93 and the X pac from SummerSlam 98 are definitely in my collection wheelhouse. So with these builder figures, there was, you know, there are some of them. Um, can't remember what set it was from recently but it was a build of virgil and all four guys were modern wrestlers and i didn't want any of them so i ended up getting the the Build a Virgil off eBay. Thankfully, I didn't have to buy the other four figures, but when these BAF sets come out and there's at least two to three figures that I want in them, I consider that a big win because it makes buying them a lot more justifiable. Anyway, quick review of what I'm going to be getting from Ringside Fest day one, day two tomorrow. I'm hoping some more stuff is going to be shown, including a few more first time sort of guys, but time will tell. And I might recap that on the next episode if it's not too far away. All right, cool. Let's head over to WCW.
3: night Let's talk a little bit that we have new world tag team champions. The outsiders to Harlem Heat, become the world tag team champions. Hollywood Hulk Hogan retains the WCW World Heavyweight title. We'll be talking more about that. But the most shocking turn of events last night, Larry was at the end of the program when out walked Rowdy Roddy Piper. You heard me right. Rowdy Roddy Piper. No one was more shocked than Hollywood Hulk Hogan. As a matter of fact when Piper came out and held center court and as he was talking to Hulk Hogan some very startling words bannered back and forth between the two we will show you and listen to that interview later on in the second hour of this telecast tonight Larry
0: you hear there, we're going to see more of the Piper Hogan segment. They're definitely milking that one for all it's worth. And just a funny note here, as Tony and Larry chatters into the show, um, Larry Zabisco is wearing a blazer over a Superman t-shirt, which I found quite amusing. This show gets started with Hoover Guerrero Guerrera taking on Steve Regal for the TV title, um, and we see Sting in the rafters during the entrances. First time we've seen him in the crow gear here, so mark that down on your calendars. We get some good chain wrestling for about two seconds before the NWO picketers come out and take the attention away from the ring. And we hear six in the crowd, so I'll splice a little bit um, of him in here. Arizona.
3: So just take over the broadcast. And
2: the millions of people around the world watching, welcome to NWO Nitro! This is not NWO Nitro! I'm going to punch him in the mouth! It's taking over, baby. We got the world title. We got the US title. And when I'm finished, we're gonna have the cruiserweight title. It's the hottest thing going today. And Stinger, I know you're watching. Make the right choice, pal. Don't listen to anybody else. NWO
0: for life. You hear there, Six refers to it as NWO Nitro and implores Sting to join the NWO. Regal looks pissed off in the ring. Um, Hoovy with a Hurricane Rana, a dropkick, a slam, but misses a 450, and this allows Regal to lock on the Regal stretch and pick up the submission victory. Shivani goes to interview Regal, um, who didn't look like he was interested whatsoever, and he just Left, I, I'm not sure if um, that was part of being pissed off or if he just didn't get the memo that he was to be interviewed. But yeah, he just sort of wandered off and we go to an ad. So that was a bit of a weird one. We come back and it's DDP taking on Mike Enos. DDP starts off with a slap before Enos hits a cactus clothesline. DDP with a sit-out powerbomb picks up a two and a top rope clothesline. A belly-to-belly gets a two for Enos and then a leg drop before we see Hall and Nash in the crowd. We get a stun gun and a power slam from DDP for a two before he locks in the diamond cutter for the one, two, three with the outsiders cheering from the crowd. So that will, for long-time viewers again, probably get some spidey senses going for what's coming up in the future here. We then go to Jim Powers with Teddy Long taking on Dean Malenko. We see AC Green in an NWO shirt um, in the crowd. He's currently with the Phoenix Suns, so we're in Arizona here. Um, we have some chain wrestling. We get uh, Powers a hip toss in the slam, and we see um, Psychosis on the ramp watching. Um, Dean Malenko with a knee lift powers with an atomic drop we get a clothesline for a two for powers and a power slam Nick Patrick is hurt again and Dean Malenko with a roll-up and then Patrick recovers to count the one two three So this is going to continue the little storyline between Teddy Long and him accusing Nick Patrick of being crooked We go to commercial we find out on Saturday night It's going to be Benoit versus Jericho, which is definitely worth watching and the rock and roll Express versus the faces of fear We come back and we see still shots of the Four Horsemen versus the Dungeon of Doom at Halloween Havoc. And the first time we sort of get mention of the woman and Kevin Sullivan issue being raised, it's all a little bit um, alluded to and not outright said. I'll sort of splice it in here so you guys can listen for yourself. But yeah, I don't recall this being brought up on Nitro previously.
3: Battle did not win the war. A brutal attack after their hands were raised. Here comes Conan, here comes Kevin Sullivan, here comes Big Bubba. They grab woman, and Kevin Sullivan lays waste to Steve Mongo McMichael with the Halliburton case as well. They all ganged up inside on one Chris Benoit. Still some bad blood from what happened if you go back even to the Great American Bash this past summer. But here's the interesting thing. A little verbal exchange between Kevin Sullivan and Woman. There's something a little bit uh, below the surface there between those two. We are not so sure what it is at this time. But one thing is for sure. The horsemen were laid out last night. They got the win, but they didn't win the war. The war continues. And this all happened last night, Larry, when Jeff Jarrett, and Ric Flair had accompanied Arn Anderson to the hospital, so these two, meaning Benoit and McMichael, yeah. were there all alone. Left all alone. Sullivan, very deranged man. One thing that will set him off is, of course, not having a victory. He just snapped, and they all, the Dungeon of Doom, attacked only two of the four horsemen that were in there. But something strange is, is going on inside the Dungeon of Doom. No Question about it. There is something between Woman and Kevin Sullivan. We are not so sure what it is. Maybe it will come to play in the weeks to come. Of course, you know, we are still unclear on.
0: We then go to Ricky Morton taking on Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett with a drop toe hold and a strut to begin. Morton comes back with a crossbody for the two count. Jeff Jarrett with a vertical suplex, a slam, and a top rope crossbody that Morton rolls through for a two. A spitting neck breaker by Jarrett and goes for the figure four, but small package by Morton for a two count before Jarrett does lock in the figure four and pick up the win. We see the giant in the crowd and we get way too long of a promo on Jeff Jarrett and the Four Horsemen. Tony Schiavone is then with Jarrett, who wants to unite WCW with Ric Flair, um, gets wrapped up on his second attempt to speak. So that was a little bit funny. They sent him to a commercial. We then go to High Voltage taking on the amazing French Canadians as shivani keeps on hyping up seeing the roddy piper promo from the pay-per-view last night again um come on you mounties i've got here i hope they pick up the win here they sing but they get jumped we get the second 60 second countdown for hour two high voltage with a double team backdrop and a four-man brawl erupts we see the pyro as we swap over to bischoff Heenan, and antonay double team from the heels and then a double team stun gun um we get the the whoopsie device <laughs> which basically is like the um the doomsday device but instead of coming off with a clothesline you're coming off with like the doink flying butt um the nasty boys come out and the french canadians bail so they attack high voltage we get a double team power bomb and they cut a promo on the nwo and hulk hogan as we go to commercial when we come back it's time for the world's sexiest man jimmy graffiti to take on Rey mysterio um i'm not sure who's gonna win this one (laughs) we'll have to wait and see Graffiti jumps him early and hits an electric chair and a gut wrench powerbomb for a two. Ray comes back with a monkey flip and a drop kick, and then um, we get a flying Jimmy Jimmy Graffiti um, into a springboard mo- moonsault. Um, we get a hurricane runner outside the ring and some brawling on the floor. Graffiti with a flapjack and a leg drop for a two before Ray hits the West Coast pop for the one, two, three as we go to commercial in a good little match there. We get an ad for the NWO shirt, Lee Marshall, Hawks, and Nitro Party, all the usual sort of in and out of commercial break fair. And then we go to Bischoff, uh, not Bischoff, sorry, Eddie Guerrero taking on Chris Benoit um, with Woman. What a match for Nitro here. So we've got Mongo on the ramp um, as the match starts. We've got Picture in Picture then with Jimmy Hart and Kevin Sullivan. You can't hear the first half of Kevin Sullivan's words, so it's not the best promo there. Benoit and Guerrero both selling injury from the previous night, both taped up. Mongo argues with AC Green at ringside. Guerrero with a 10 punch as we get a bit of a slow pace to begin, and it does start to pick up here. A European uppercut, um, and then we've got woman getting on the apron to distract the referee. Mongo hits Guerrero with the briefcase, and that allows Benoit to pick up the 1-2-3. They really sort of cheated us out of a good match here. Shivani tries to chat with Nick Patrick, but a lawyer comes out and stops him. they Blame Chris Jericho for the problems who comes out. They all argue. Teddy Long comes out. Um, and yeah, basically Shivani, Jericho, and Sh- and sorry, Teddy Long trying to argue with Patrick and his lawyer. Um, bit of a, you know, advancement of the storyline, but not the best segment here as we go to commercial. We then go to what ends up being our main event. Lex Luger taking on Booker T, and I'm hyped for this one as well. Some In theory, a really good card here tonight. Colonel Parker's on the picture in picture says he and Sherry will sort out their issues with Harlem Heat. Lex with a press slam struggles but turns it into an inverted atomic drop. Um, clotheslines Booker T out crowd are hot here um and bischoff is full of praise for lex it's interesting um with bischoff's recent comments about how he wasn't excited to have lex but lex really won him over to hear him on commentary really putting over lex here it must be around the time where he started to really impress bischoff i'm guessing a big knee lift gets lex luger a two count booker t hits a side slam but misses a second rope elbow Luger with a back elbow as we go to commercial when we come back, Luger with a big clothesline, which flips Booker T over. Booker T does fight back, however, with a spin kick and an axe kick for a two count, a side slam, but misses the Harlem hangover. Luga then goes for the rack, but somehow, miraculously, spots Sting in the crowd. Now, remember, he's up in the bleachers, so I'm not sure how the hell he spots him, but he goes um, up sort of the stairs of the crowd to go towards Sting, and Sting seeing him just turns and leaves through the exit. Luga gets counted out in the process, but, you know, brilliant eyesight for lex he won't need glasses for many years as someone in the industry can attest to that quite easily we go to a commercial break and when we come back the commentary team again explain that piper asked for five minutes with no obligations that have not signed him and they show the promo from the previous night which i guess for anyone who didn't buy the pay-per-view great but it made for a really cold end to nitro um And I think it definitely hurt my feelings on the show overall. Um, But we'll see how that pans out in the ratings as we head that way now i've been tweaking the format if you've been listening to the last few shows and i'm bringing in at the end now the ratings but also what i'm looking to do for for future shows is show what the ratings were and then look at my favorite part of the show so be it a match or promo so i'm, I'm calling it the best bit i'm going for like mvp of the two shows and then also we're going to bring back dick move of the week before going to our final rankings To the surprise of no one, I'm sure, Nitro smashed Raw in the ratings with a 3.6 to a 2.0. Definitely the NWO angle is the hottest thing in wrestling in late 1996. Um, Could have been a little bit closer with the build-up to Survivor Series going over on the WWF side of things and Sid heating up, but obviously not enough to pry people away from the NWO angle. Best bit for me for both shows was Austin's promos. Um, I know they were like sort of all through the show. It wasn't one moment, but Stone Cold in the studio was the best part of either show for me here. MVP for the week. I'm going to go with Stone Cold again. I think that was the absolute, you know, best thing to happen. Um, best performer on either show. Dick move of the week. It was tough. I nearly went for JR for his line about um, Crush's heart punch having no effect on Vince, but I actually went with the booking committee of WCW for not giving Regal and Hoovy a couple of minutes before starting all the interruptions. Um, First match of the night and two really capable performers. I wish I'd just given them a few minutes before getting on with all the shenanigans. There's enough shenanigans on the show for a few minutes of wrestling to take place before they start so that's sort of the wrap up before we head into the ratings as always we're going to be doing our five prong rating system to see which show was better production values as always first and foremost um, i'm going to go with the wwf Um, i thought that the stuff in the studios was really good i could have taken it away for them for brett's audio not working but i think it actually made the segment better because austin got to have the last word and be a real prick heel as a result of it Crowd, I'm going to go with WCW. Having so many people in the crowd made it more exciting for the crowd, and that definitely played in the favor of WCW, but they were a pretty decent crowd throughout the show. Characters, I went with WCW as well, just because of the sheer number of stars on the show. Now, keep in mind, there was no Hogan or Macho, unless you count seeing last night's promo between Piper and Hogan as him being on the show, but just the name power, and there was no like Salvatore Sincere or Aldo Montoya or real Jesse James who just were not over at this point in time as stars. Obviously, Just Incredible, Road Dog um, would become bigger stars down the line, but at this point, they were not, you know, they, they weren't going up against the NWO in ratings, put it that way. Storyline, I found a little bit tougher. I think the WCW NWO storylines chugging along nicely, but I really like the Sid and Shawn Michaels story on the other side of the show as well. You've still got, you know, Jeff Jarrett on WCW and Nick Patrick and some other, you know, sort of secondary stories going on as well, as well as like the Smoking Guns and Sonny on the WWF. So I, I went with a tie there. I, um, I did struggle to separate them and then match quality. This is an interesting one because I went with the WWF. Um, I, you might find it surprising when you've got lex Luger versus booker t benoit versus eddie guerrero um ricky morton versus jeff jarrett and things like that but no match really was given the time to be a match in wcw they were all backdrops for angles whereas bulldog versus brett i keep saying brett bulldog versus sean um even though it ended in shenanigans and and a schmoz it was a good match and i really enjoyed it so that for me makes this one a dead tie um If I had to pick which show I enjoyed more, I'd say Raw because it was half as long. Um, I felt it got to the point, but it also had, you know, more, I I guess, wasted dead spots than Nitro as well. So I do feel a tie is a fair result. I think... The NWO storyline has some key milestones and markers, but what I'm learning going back and watching it is, yes, those moments were as awesome as everyone says they were, but there was some real downtime in between and they were finding their feet on how to book this as they went. Um, The wheels will obviously fall off later and, you know, more problems come up with this angle as it goes on, but the early part of this angle was really, really enjoyable, even though it wasn't 100% perfect all the time that'll do it for today. A bit of a longer one as far as Aurora Nitro shows go. So I hope everyone enjoyed listening. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting back to this. I, I really want to watch Survivor Series 96. It's just one of those shows that I remember being good, but I think I've only ever watched once many, many years ago. So I'm keen to go back and watch that one. Um, yeah, so I'll be back in touch with some more stuff soon. Thanks everyone for listening and enjoy the rest of your day.